the title of the message is uh, the combination lock. So I have one here, and I have a picture up here soon. So uh, uh, who in this room uh, went to Ferndale High School? Ferndale High School, okay. Uh, back in the day, uh, they had lockers um, that you could put your stuff in. I guess after you were gone, they took the lockers out because, you know, it wasn't all that good. But so uh, the, the combination to the lock is always you go to the right first, right? You go to the right, and uh, let's see, it's, a, it's, a, it's two, go to the right, and you hit two. And then you go back twice, right? You don't just once. You go back twice. Okay, the next number is supposed to be 12. Uh, there. And then, and then you go right again just once. Let's see if I can get this. Oh, there it is. There it is. Uh, so there's a combination. Uh, it's on the back, so if you want to try it and pass it around. It's on the back, so... The secret is on the back, but you have to remember that it's it's right first, and then it's back. You go past the number once, and the second time you stop, and then it's once that way. Okay, so combination. So uh, the amazing thing is that um, what the Lord is doing with us is that he's, today especially, I believe he wants to share with us um, that there's a combination about what gets to God's heart that he wants from each of us. He wants each of us to understand. And um, so this next chapter in, in uh, our devotional book is about praying Jesus' way. That's the title of the, this next chapter that we're going through. And so what I've done is I, I broke down every day and... Um, and so I have five points. And if you, if you do have... Um, your bulletin, here's the five points. Okay, the kid, the father, the gifts, the mind, and the harvest. So that's what I'm going to hit on today. So this, this is about uh, knowing life with God, that this is something that I'm going to remind most of you about, and this is what your life is. Since you've believed on the Lord Jesus, this is what your life is. This is who you are, okay? So um, God has called us to become a house of prayer. He's called uh, each of us to be a house of prayer. The Bible says that we have the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. We are a temple, and so we're a house of prayer. And what did, what did Jesus do when he came into the temple that day? He, he cleared off the money changers. He cleared them all off, and he says, you've made my house something that's not supposed to be. My, my house is to be a house of prayer. And then in one of the Gospels, it says that he set up and he called people and he started healing them and teaching them. And my house is to be a house of prayer. So um, the first one I'm looking at is, is the kid. So the kid. And, and so you have to understand, if you've believed on Lord Jesus, you've come into his family and you're his kid. And he loves you. That's the most important thing you need to know is that he loves you and you're his kid. So go to Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18. So... Uh, I'm going to be doing a lot of scripture, and if if you can't keep up, it's okay. It's okay to just listen, because I have tags on my scriptures, and so I'll get there a lot faster than you, and I'll be done before you get out of there. But but listen to what Matthew chapter 18, 1 through 5, listen to what Jesus says. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus saying, who is greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Then Jesus called a little child to him and set him in the midst of them. And he said, Assuredly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever receives one of these little, uh, this one little one, like this in my name receives me. So um, we're his. We're his kid. Uh, 
but it's a humble position. That's what he's talking about, like a child, a humble position that depends on their parents, depends on the Father. So that your life with God is dependent on him like a child that needs to depend on their parent for food, for clothing, for everything, for life. That's what we have to get through our minds is that we're his kid. We're the king's kid. And so there's trust and then there's this training. But how do you become a child? So just by reminder, go to John chapter 1. So we're in Matthew now. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. John chapter 1, verse 12. But as many as received him, what God has to offer us, receive Jesus. That's God's greatest love to us. As many as received him, he gave them the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. That's everything about who God is. And then he says, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. He's caused you to be born again. The Father has caused you a spiritual birth. That's the only way you can know God. That's the only way you can enter the kingdom of God is he gives you a spiritual birth. Okay, so... That's how we receive him. That's how we believe him. That's how you become a kid of the king is that you believe in this plan and you believe his training. You, you trust him. You trust his training. You understand that you're together for life. So you are content with this. And so uh, go ahead to the next slide. So um, you're at home. <laughs> you're the kid. This is your new home. <laughs> the richest dad in the universe, God himself, welcomes you home. I found this picture on them. So uh, get comfortable with being in his family. You're, you're a kid of the king, and he loves you, and he has great things for you, and he's always going to take care of you, and he's always going to be with you. Um, here's something interesting that I was thinking even this morning. In our, in our natural families, our dads and, and moms and stuff, at some point we get old enough to um, challenge our parents and say, are you sure? You know, and, you know, maybe dad, I don't want to do it your way. And, all, and so we're challenging dad. And, and then if we get old enough and our, our folks get to the place where they, they can't quite reason together, we find ourselves becoming more like the parent to our parents. And it's a weird thing. But that's kind of, we know that's kind of how things go. Um, But different with God Almighty, our Father, is that we never get to that point of saying, I got it, Dad. And by the way, let me tell you how to run this world. We we will always be in the parent-child relationship with God the Father. We always have to be holding on to his hand. We always will be getting instruction and being loved by our God. We'll never be separated from our God. Uh, go ahead with the next picture. We c- he loves us so much, but we can never tell God what to do. He's always going to be the Father. We will never grow up. <laughs> okay, so some of you that want to grow up, let me just put you at ease. You're not supposed to grow up with Jesus, not supposed to grow up with God Almighty. You're always going to be a kid, and he's always going to be training you and helping you in this life. So hold on to his hand. So trust him. Trust what he has for you. So that's the first one is that the the kid, you will always be his kid. So that's why he said, humble yourself as a child. Always see yourself as, I don't get it, Dad. I need help, Dad. Please help me, Dad. Help, help, help. We were having a discussion this morning, and one of the, we were talking about how do you hear from God. And um, one of the guys said, well, he wants us to ask. And he was given an uh, illustration of him looking for his keys. And he couldn't find them, couldn't find them. And finally, he called, prayed to God, and he said, could you help me find my kids? And, and he felt the Lord saying to him, well, you haven't found them because you didn't ask me. And a minute later, he found him. <laughs> God is that personal with you, isn't he? 
When you ask him for even what you think is the littlest, you're holding on to his hand, he's always going to be your father. Okay. So we're talking about prayer, and we're talking about it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a communication with this God that created all things. Um, I've asked uh, a friend of mine and a friend of yours to come, and I wanted to interview him this morning. And so, Jeremiah, would you come up at this point, and we're talking about prayer. And I told him, okay, there, here's three questions. I already gave him the questions. So uh, this is Jeremiah Johnny. He's from Nooksack. And uh, I don't know, maybe about 10 years or so, I've, I've known uh, Jeremiah. And that's a cool name, isn't it? Right out of the Bible. Uh, so I'm going to ask you to take the mic here. I'm going to move over to this side because I have a mic on right here. So come up here. So um, anyways, uh, uh, here's a man of prayer. And so I asked him, I said, this is what I'm going to ask you. I said, how did you learn how to pray? Because he knows, he knows that it's his lifeline. So how did you learn how to pray, Jeremiah? Yeah. Um, first of all, I just want to just uh, say it's a real honor and a real privilege for me to come and to uh, talk about, you know, God uh, in my life, you know, the testimony that he's given me in uh, my relationship with him and through my family, through my ancestors now that have, have uh, moved on to go to God and they're seated with God right now as we are. So just uh, so appreciative and so thankful. Yeah. You know, just... Uh, just here because I love the founder of this church, you know, so I love this brother and uh, I love his family. So I just hope that's okay. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus founder, I just didn't see, under shepherd. So here we go. Yeah. So, um, so uh, listening to him pray, um, we've been doing some prayer down at Lummi. And um, there's been times where we spent the whole hour just praising the Lord, not asking for anything. And it's just kind of like we go up into this in the spirit place, and it's just such a beautiful time. And then he already knows what we need, but then we'll, we'll do some asking. But anyways, um, who taught you how to pray? Yeah, yeah uh, definitely. Um, uh, last night I was kind of just rehearsing and kind of going over things, and so I had a whole house full of kids. Uh, most of them all were under 10, so kind of my <laughs> mind was kind of all over the place. So um, try to my mind wanders a lot, and knowing God, He's a He's a God of plan, purpose, design, and objective. You know, I wanted to make sure that I try to keep myself focused. So I wrote a few things down. Um, how I learned how to pray. Yeah, my great grandparents, <clears throat> my great great grandparents. They, uh, they were they're very uh, spiritual uh, people in our community. And I want to say, like, I'm going back to the 1800s. And uh, they were really overcome by tradition and uh, um, that which is not of God. And uh, through divine, uh, the divine plan of God, my grandpa, who is well-known, my great-great-grandpa, Throughout the Puget Sound, he was told uh, that the family was not supposed to go to those traditions and those ways anymore. And uh, the last thing, the last last exercise that he did, he didn't, he didn't want to do it, but he did it, and he ended up dying. And so my great great grandma was the one that took the message down into the family, <clears throat> says that we need to we need to go with Jesus now. We need to follow Jesus. And so they moved down uh, in, in the World Wars times to Seattle where uh, they started their family. They, uh, they had, uh, there's my great-great-grandma, my great-grandma, and then my, my grandma was born down there. They raised that family down there. She met my, my grandpa, and they led him to Christ. And then so he... It was on his heart to want to know more about the Word of God. And so he went to a Bible college 
and received his uh, ordination and uh, the whole thing. And uh, at that time when he finished, through the plan of God, they moved him back up here to Nooksack. And uh, at that time, I'm not born yet. And then, so they started evangelizing throughout the families of different tribes all the way down to the South Sound, North and South Sound. And uh, by the time I'm born, you know, they're in full circulation of doing this through the tribal communities and in non-tribal communities through requests through within the houses of, of people that requested that, you know, they felt that anointing on his ministry. And uh, so I grew up in that. I grew up in, in uh, going into people's living rooms and in our own home, we would, that's where we would have church in, you know, in our living room and packed in the kitchen in the church. And um, so while they're doing this, one of the biggest things I always remember is the prayers. Is, uh, and that was the biggest thing that my grandparents emphasized to me, that uh, you know they're not going to be here forever. And so what that meant, try to make a long story short, is uh, you have to know God. You have to know him. And the way to know him is through prayers. Because what prayer is, is a relationship with God. And so that was, uh, in a nutshell, you know, uh, learning how to come before God, learning that he's more realer than what we're seeing right now with our natural eyes. And so that was that was uh, something that I grew up with, uh, just continuous prayers. The family always believed in that anointing. Just like we read in the word how, you know, everybody that did things for God, they, they had to be anointed. They were anointed for that. And so it was a big, massive uh, emphasis from, uh, from that ministry to, uh, to know that the Holy Spirit is, is uh, you know, that he's, he's the anointing of God. He's the spirit of God. He's the very life of God. He's the He's, uh, I, I don't uh, speak uh, Hebrew, but, uh, you know, it's like he's the ruach, the ruach. He's the breath of God. And, and he abides in each one of those that, that, uh, that, uh, that, that confess Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Amen. Unquestionable. Amen. Um, Amen. And, uh. Hey, uh, yeah. could you tell us about Thursday nights? You were telling me about Thursday nights at your your grandfather's oh. place. What people was, would come and yeah. oh, he'd uh, pray over them. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. People always requested were coming at different miscellaneous times, but Thursdays and uh, well, there was Wednesdays and Thursdays whenever you know people's lives. It's funny how you know the circumstances of our lives. You know they can make you shift times and things of that like that but uh the family would always come and uh together to to lay their requests on the altar of god for the deliverance of their family for me for for those that were uh being sifted by uh by the by the uh the ignorance by the the, the kingdom of darkness and so in my teaching and understanding of the prayer and the relationship with God, my grandpa, he, he prophesied. He had, he had a few different prophecies in Nooksack, which are, are coming true, and he's gone now. But uh, one that he prophesied over my life was he, he told me, he sat me down, and he said, son, you know, you're going to go live in a life of sin for a little while, for a season. He said, but you're going to know that time when you're going to come back and you're going to surrender your life to God. And so... You know, thank God. Thank Amen. God for thank God for a praying family. You know, mm -hmm. thank God for the blood of Jesus, which uh which is why we're all here today, is because mm -hmm. we, we have received, we've been privileged enough to uh to understand through the prayers of our loved ones, through our own relationship with God, mm -hmm. that the blood of Jesus 
the anointing breaks every yoke. And so that, that, that's been broken over us. And so as I've grown in my life, my prayer life has also grown. And so it's a continuous, uh, like the brother said, you know, I'm ne you're never going to grow up. But at the same time, he does call us to a, a, a place of maturity in understanding that, you know, we have to, uh, we have to hold on to God. We have to hold on to his word. We have to desire. And so one thing that was always explained to me was that the same way that we need to be healthy in the natural world, you know, we have to make sure that we eat, we're eating our, our greens and our meat and things of that nature and drinking water is the same way that we have to read the word and we have to we have to pray in the spirit not just reading it for head knowledge not just reading it just words on a page but it has to go into a place into our spirit because we know the word of God is not only in word but it's in spirit and so it's it's these are just real simple truths but they're vital they're so powerful it's just when i look in when i look upon the people of God when we're all together it just it's a massive, awesome power, and it's the glory of God, and it's just such, just such an honor and a privilege. And so, um, a lot of laying on of hands from the from the family, and from uh, others that were would uh, come alongside my grandparents. And similar like this, you know, we're just constantly in rotation, just like in the Book of Acts. You know, we're always going to uh, other places other ministers, other ministries, other pastors, other, other congregations uh, in, in, uh, in and out of season, you know, uh, just all the time. And, uh, yeah, just uh, God is faithful. Mm. You know, God is faithful. Mm. God is so faithful. He's so good. We serve such a good God. Thank you, Jeremiah. Thank you. Yeah. You know, I was thinking about the questions that I asked you, and I don't have them written down here except for that first one I was looking at going, whoops, where's the other one? <laughs> so I don't know what you got on your page there, but um, is oh. there any, anything else that you want to share before, um, before I finish out the, the service? Uh, it was uh, just uh, to wrap it up. When I got serious with God was, uh, you know, back to that prophecy of my grandpa. That, that's what it was. Is that When did you get serious about following Jesus? Was, uh, I remember now. Well, we skipped over the communication. With well, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was, uh, see, my son, my oldest son, he's 16 now. And uh, that's when I, I, I knew that I was responsible for a human being. I was, I was directly responsible for him. I got three kids, three sons, 16, 13, and 7. And, uh, but when he was born, I was kind of like kind of in and out, playing patty cake games with God. Hmm. Just like I'm here, God, but I'm over here, I'm there, you know, like trying to honor him to the best of my ability and that's why I'm so thankful for that verse that came up earlier because that was the part that was the verse that I held in my heart and in other verses other other uh, powerful scriptures uh, was you know in all my ways you know to trust in the Lord in all my ways all my crickered ways I would always mm. make sure at the end mm. of the day knowing that Lord I'm not doing it right I know it and, and, uh, and I could see it you know so thankful for the gift of sight because I could see, you know, that was the wrong thing that you just did. And so, uh, and experiencing that whole thing. And, but at the end of the day, looking back to now, those were, those were the power of the spirit of his word that I, that I had to really deliberately throughout that whole experience up until my son was born. And even now, you know, I'm continuously learning we're all in the spirit. We're all in the school of the Holy Spirit where nobody gets a degree. Nobody gets permits or certified. It's always, we're always continuously, constantly learning. 
where I, you know, I just uh, came to that place mm. where I said, Lord, show me. Yeah. You know, I surrender to you, Lord. Amen. Amen. I surrender my life. I, I, I come into you. I don't even know how to repent, but Lord, I repent. I pray that you, your spirit would teach me how to repent. And, and then from that day on, he's led me into this place right now. It's a real special place to be here with everyone here, yeah. mm. to be standing before the living God, to, uh, mm. to have a great relationship with him and say, Lord, help us, Lord. Yes, yes. Fill us, Lord God. Mm-hmm. And uh, just yeah, just thank you, faith brother. to faith. Thank you, brother. Glory to glory. Would you do something for me? Would you would you pray over me and the church here, but really God's church? Would you just pray, pray over us? Yeah. Yes, Lord Jesus, thank you, Lord. We just honor you, Lord God, with our heart, Lord, and we just surrender to you right now lord god and just pray that your spirit lord god would would have its way lord would that lord we would just come under total complete control lord god in this hour lord we just we come before you in in complete total repentance lord that lord this we are in a perverse generation lord god but at the same time as we see these things lord we know lord that you are in total complete control lord And so we just pray, Lord God, as the days seem to get darker, Lord God, that, Lord, the light in us, Lord, will begin to be brighter, Lord. And so, Lord, we just honor you, Lord God, knowing, Lord, that you are faithful, knowing, Lord God, that you have planned no defeats for us, Lord God, that, Lord God, this has been a setup, Lord God, from from day one, and that, Lord God, we are in your family, Lord. We just pray, Lord God, a special anointing, Lord, an anoint, anointing, Lord God, of being chosen, Lord God. For many are called, but Lord God, few are chosen, Lord God. And in this hour, Lord God, you are calling us to this place, Lord God, this place of discipline, Lord God, this place, Lord God, of availability, Lord God, and responsibility, Lord. And we just, I just ask you right now, Lord God, as I lift up the hearts, Lord God, of your people here, Lord God, that, Lord, once again, Lord, you would begin to revive, Lord God, that which you created, Lord. Mm-hmm. And that, Lord God, that the anointing, Lord, would flow upon this brother, Lord, your son, Lord God, and through and, and in and through him, Lord God, to, to all the people, Lord God, that are here, that fall under the sound of our voice, Lord God. W- mm-hmm. Would you make this place known, Lord, throughout this place in the world, Lord, that, Lord, this is where you live, Lord. And we just honor you with that, with your presence, Lord God. We just... We're two or three, Lord. We're just so honored that you're here, Lord. Mm-hmm. And Lord God, we just pray, Lord, that you would continue, Lord God, to lead us into that place, Lord God, that special place, Lord, where, Lord God, we would be able to not look and focus upon our circumstances, Lord God, but we would see, Lord God, with those eyes, Lord God, of understanding, Lord, those spiritual eyes, Lord God, that we would be able to see, Lord God, as you intend us to see, Lord. And Lord God, that we would hear, Lord God, as you, Lord God, intend us to hear, Lord, and we, Lord God, would taste, Lord God, the beauty. We would smell, Lord God, the aroma, Lord God, of your Holy Spirit, Lord God, working in and through us, Lord God. We just honor you. We're so blessed. You have blessed us to be that blessing, Lord God. Help us to go, Lord, to the next place, Lord God, the, the, the higher place in you, Lord. We, we hear you, Lord. We hear you calling us to a higher place in you, Lord. A higher praise, Lord. And just so thankful Mm. and so honored. Mm. And and we just pray, Lord, that you would just fulfill, Lord God, any need, Lord God, that is here, Lord, that any of your people would have, Lord. Because, Lord, you're the God that supplies all that need, Lord. And so we just receive you right now, Lord. And we just thank you, Lord God, in advance, Lord God, for answering each and every prayer, Lord. You see our heart, Lord. Yes. You even see our thoughts from afar. We just honor you and thanks yes. you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, brother. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for sharing. So as Jeremiah uh, heads back to his seat just a little bit more, uh, God has uh, put on his heart um, to, uh, to build a church up at Nooksack. And so there were several of us that went up to this cleared area and we were able to walk the property and pray over it. So it's a matter of time. 
Uh, in the meantime, it's house churches. It's house. It's it's going to where the people are. And so thank you, Jeremiah, for taking the time and coming out. appreciate you. So we are his kid. We're the kingdom's kids. And so here we are. Yeah, that's right. Amen, amen. So I don't know where I am now, but uh, here we go. So we're covering five things. The kid... And then the father, and so that this picture about the father and the son, um, it's God's plan that when we understand we're his kids, that he gets all the glory. N- none of it here. He gets all the glory, and so giving it to him. And so look at John 14, 14. So um, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John 14, 14. And uh, he says there in 14.14, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. But in 13, go up one verse, it says, whatever you ask in my name, I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And he says, if you ask anything, I will do it. So the Father gets the glory. Whatever that prayer is, that the Father would get the glory, okay? The Father would get the glory. Um, uh, look over at uh, John 15, verse 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask whatever you desire and it will be done for you. And then verse 8 says, By this my Father is glorified, that you produce much so that you will prove to be my disciples. Do it. So the Father gets the glory. Father gets the glory. That, that glory of who he really is, he gets the glory, but that honor, that uh, respect, that praise, that worship, that all goes to him. It doesn't go to you. It doesn't go to me. It goes to him. That Everything goes to him. So understanding where his kid and the father always gets the glory. He always gets the bragging rights. Not you, not me. Always. So who he really is, and, and he gets all that, and who we really are in Christ. Who we really are in Christ as his kid. Go to... Um, John 17. In John 17, the high priestly prayer, as he prays over the disciples, he talks about glory or glorify, glorify, glorified over and over again in this. And see if you can pick those up with me as I read through this. So John chapter 17, Jesus spoke these words in lifting his eyes up to heaven. And he said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son also may glorify you. As you given him authority over all flesh and that he should have eternal life, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. For this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I have glorified you, there it is again, on the earth, I have finished the work which you've given me to do. Now, O Father, glorify me together with yourself and with the glory which you had before the world was. So this word keeps coming up over and over again. So the way we glorify God is by trusting and obeying him. Now, Now the attention goes through me to him, but I have to do something. I have to glorify the Father. I have to praise the Father. And my actions would back up that. So this obedience to him is how we glorify the Father. Like the Son, Christ glorified the Father's plan and he did it. He finished the work and that's what he's saying here. You and I are in that time of doing the work and the way we glorify the Father, yes, is, is honoring him, praising him, but it's obedience is the bottom line. It's obedience to what he's called us to do. So that first place, uh, glorify him. Um, turn to 1 Peter 4.11. 1 Peter, so back of your Bible, best way to get there is go to Revelation and thumb your way back in. 1 Peter chapter 4. 
Uh, Verse 11, listen to this. And this kind of puts everything into perspective. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies. That in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belongs glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Do I hear an amen? Amen. So if you come to faith in Christ, if you've believed in him, if you've been born again by, by God himself, he's given you a spiritual awakening to what's real about life. You're his kid. He loves you. And he's proving that over and over to you. Even every day, he's proving his love for you. And he's asking you to come and hold on to him. Hold on to him. So he's our, he's our kid and he's the father. He gets all the glory and we do that by our obedience. The next is he gives gifts. So the kid, we're his kid. He's our father. He gets all the bragging rights. And then gifts. The third one is gifts. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 11, it talks about these gifts. Matthew. Matthew chapter 11. First book in the New Testament, Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 7. 7. There's my dyslexia coming. It's not chapter 11. It's 7. Matthew chapter 7. I even have it marked here, and I was going to chapter 11. Chapter 7 of Matthew, verse 11. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give you things, good things, to those who ask him? Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them. This is the law and the prophets. So, he gives good gifts You know how to give gifts. And before this, it says, in verse 7, it says, Ask, and you shall receive. Seek, and you shall find. And knock, and it shall be opened to you. So God wants to give you good gifts. Your Father wants to bless you. And he wants you to be ready to receive those gifts even today. He wants to bless you. That's what he does. He's your father. And he's above any love that you ever will know in this life. He is above that all. And he wants to bless you. He wants to give you good gifts. A similar passage in Luke uh, chapter 11. That's where I was getting mixed up. So this one, it says, if you, uh, in Matthew, it says, if you, uh, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. Well, in Matthew chapter 11, it's a cross-reference cross to that. And it says this about these good gifts that he wants to give you. It says in verse 13, Luke chapter 11, verse 13. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? The ultimate gift giver is the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. He's been given from the Father to you and to me. And what's cool about the Holy Spirit is he distributes the good gifts. So asking for the Father, asking for the Holy Spirit, he distributes the good gifts. So, Lord, thank you for filling us and distributing good gifts. Now, to make it clear, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, talking about these good gifts and what we do with these good gifts. And by the way, if you haven't believed in the Lord Jesus, you're not getting any of these gifts. The way that you receive the gifts is, first of all, by believing in the Lord Jesus as your Savior for all eternity. By believing that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. And that he made a way from the cross to the grave to heaven to save you. Okay, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12. And listen to this. Verse 4. There are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are varieties of ministries, but the same Lord. 
There are varieties of activities, but the same God who works all things in all persons. But to each one is given the gift of the Spirit for the benefit of all, for the common good, or the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good, for the benefit of all. The gifts that God gives you is to use in the family, and to use in the family to help others. He's given you these gifts to use. So, the cool thing about the Spirit is I realized this morning as I was praying and and I believe the Lord was just making things more clear to me was that the Spirit has three functions. First of all, He causes you to be born again. See, you can't come to God unless He's He's after you. He's causing you to be born again. He's given you that spirit birth. That's the first one. The second one, he gives you gifts to use, spiritual gifts to use in the kingdom. Everything turns into spiritual gifts. But so the first one, he's caused you to be born again, and then he gives you these gifts. And the third thing that he does is he gives you the power to use the gifts. Does that make sense? The first one, born again. You, you must be born again by the Spirit. The second one is he gives gifts for you to use in his kingdom, in his family. The third one is he gives you the power to use them. The power to overcome the fear because Satan is the one that causes the fear, right? And he says in his word that he's not given you the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and discipline. So he's given you, and yet it's, it's the fear that cripples us from using our gift. And he says he gives us the power to use the gifts, the power, and that's life with God. So here we are going, what is this combination thing of living with God? Is first understanding you're his kid and he loves you. The second one is understanding the Father gets all the praise and the worship. The third one is understanding he gives you the Holy Spirit. The fourth one, is the one of the mind. He's asking you and I to participate in this combination of how are, how are we praying? Well, it's understanding these things, his love, and he's the father, and he gives us, and he wants to bless you with good things and for you to receive them, and here it goes. And what you think matters. Um, turn to Colossians chapter 3. On your way to Colossians chapter 3. Um, so if you're in 1 Corinthians, head, take a right and head to the back of your Bible there. It's right after Ephesians, Colossians chapter 3. Um, chapter 3, verse 1. This is where we engage and we participate with His Spirit. If then you were raised up with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Verse 2, set your mind on things above, not on things on earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ. When Christ who is our life appears, you shall also appear with him in glory. Verse 5, therefore, Put to death your members which are on earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desires, greed, which is idolatry. Because these things, because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience in which you yourselves once walked and you lived in them. But now, you yourselves are to put off these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language, out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another, since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Amen. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and in all. So you and I position ourselves to receive God's blessing by what we think, our minds. The Bible says that even right now, he knows exactly what you're thinking. And he wants your thinking to be his way of thinking, 
his mind. Take on his mind, his mind. And so there's a responsibility for you and for me to do, to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And, and Lord, take those things away that are not of you and fill me with all those right things, everything that's true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. And if there's anything, uh, excellence, worthy of praise, let my mind be there. By the power of the Holy Spirit is the only way you and I can do that. Because our minds just, they go to the dark side so fast. It's crazy. But he still loves us. He still loves us. He knows exactly who we are. So in Romans 12, it says, present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice to God. And renew your mind. Renew your mind. So we've got the kid. We've got the father. We've got the gifts, the Holy Spirit, right? And we've got our mind that he's asking us to participate by what goes through our mind. Finally, we get the last one, and this is the harvest. Turn to Matthew chapter 9, verse 36. Matthew, first book in the New Testament. Matthew chapter 9, verse 36. I'm in Mark, and that doesn't sound the same. So if any of you in Mark, go to 9. There we go. That looks better. He says in Matthew 9, 36, But when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep, having no shepherd. And he said to his disciples, The harvest is truly plentiful but the labors are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out labors into the harvest. In, uh, in Mark 4, it talks about Jesus had this parable about seeds, casting the seed. And he gave three scenarios about the seed that fell on the rocky place and, and, and one that was in the thorns and finally this. This last one was one that produced 30 to 60 fold. And so he uses that throughout um, his preaching about um, planting and watering and producing. That that's what this harvest is about. It's a harvest of souls. There's people around you right now that are lost. There's a harvest of souls that with the power of the Holy Spirit that you are involved with, whether you know it or not, by your actions, your deeds, your words, your share. When we are focused on God's plan, the harvest, there's the planting of the seed, the word of God. And then there's encouraging, nurturing the word of God, the other believers. Uh, so that nurturing, what you're doing right now, coming together, you're nurturing one another, nurturing that seed. And then there's the, the produce, you know what that is, right? It's making more. It's that when that seed comes to full, then it's that time then for that the produce then is to go and make disciples, is to helping others. Now you're part of the family. Now, now you've, you've got to that place where you're producing. Isn't that amazing when he says the harvest? So right now you're either watering or, or you're either planting, watering, or you're producing. That you've got somebody that you're, training on how to follow God. And then that person is going to go through that and become a trainer to follow God. So we got work to do. We got work to do. There's a purpose for you and me. Since trusting Christ, it's no longer that country club thing. What's in it for me? All of a sudden, things have changed. I'd like to end with going to 2 Corinthians. Second, you know, there's a 1 Corinthians and there's a 2 Corinthians in the New Testament. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Beginning at verse 14. This is the new you. <laughs> this is the new you. 
and the power of the Holy Spirit. For the love of Christ compels us because we understand this, that if, if one died for all, then all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and rose again. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we see him thus no longer. Verse 17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. So verse 20. Now then, We are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf to be reconciled to God. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. God's plan for you and for me is a lot of work. A lot of work. And so the question is, we're ready. We're ready. God has brought you to this point. And he's going to show you different ways of accomplishing the same thing. And that's the harvesting of souls to come to him. And that's encouraging others along the way. And there's different people in your life that he wants you to love them to Jesus. And he's going to show you how to do that through the Holy Spirit. Show you how to do that. His kingdom is one of love. And so as we talked about today, so that they would know that they're loved by God, (laughs) they would be a kid of the king and they would know that love and they would know that, that the father has this plan. And as you give the father the glory, his plan is being worked out. And then the gifts that he wants to bless his kids with and that they'd be ready to receive that by their minds being ready, the truth of why God has called you and me. If you've believed on the Lord Jesus, he's called you and me for this time. This is your time and my time. Not to waste any more time for his kingdom, his honor, his glory. We are about the harvest. There's stuff that is coming that he wants you and I to be ready for. So that's why... At this time, we're using this book called The Joy of Prayer to make sure that we're connected with God all the time so that we do exactly what he tells us to do, empowered by the Spirit of God. He wants to bless you and I with power to overcome the stuff that's in our life that's trying to weigh us down, to overcome 